0: Yes, you all wanted a ghost story, and now you have one. Welcome to the first installment of Thoughts of a Madman by yours truly, Devon, the host of the Purple Recordings. Spinfire in the booth, but I'm not a rapper, episodes weekly. Since it's Halloween, and since I've been wanting to release something scarier, Or, you know, on the less traditional side of podcasting, I decided to tell a story today. I want, the goal here is entertain. It's not necessarily to scare you. It might. But the goal is to entertain and to keep you coming back nonetheless. So, the story I'm going to be telling today is something that I made called the woman in black the woman in the black dress is what I like and the description reads as so she has only ever appeared at my doorstep when someone who I care or have a great deal of passion for dies she stays depending on how much that person was loved or admired by me and how much I am grieving How many have to go? This spirit has no end. This spirit thrives on your anger, your rage specifically. She soaks it in like a bath. She's aware and she knows that there is a certain level of anger when it comes to grieving. She seeks those out who have hatred in their hearts. She lives on obsession. But we have our work coming for us today. Anywho, let's get on with the story. It's a cold autumn afternoon, and our main character, the nameless boy, decides that he is missing something, and a tone has been speaking to him ever so softly. For him to get some sort of enjoyment out of his days he's a college student good grades plenty of friends athletic but doesn't like sports has a girlfriend loves her to death mm. has family what else can someone ask for his issue is he doesn't really have a lot of joy In everyday day-to-day life he goes about his days thinking of what could be or what he's missing in his life and he's accepted the fact that he might feel like this forever he doesn't have a calling he's in school he's in college he has a job but these are things that are kind of placeholders until he figures out exactly what he wants to do and he is honestly in a rut he doesn't know what his other option is besides to live day by day in the same cycle in the same dreadful manner so what does he do nothing he does nothing about it he goes about his day acting like everything is still unmoved unchanged like he didn't have an inner conflict with himself yelling and screaming at himself wondering why he doesn't have that special something that everyone else around him does he misses it he's had it before or has he he doesn't know what he wants in life yet but he's sure that he's on the right path to something about a month goes by his life Finds, you know, meaning I I guess loses his girlfriend, very unfortunate. But the rest stays the same. Makes it to the dean's list. Uh, parents love him more than ever. Friends are more supportive. He's doing fine. He's actually finding a purpose. He feels pretty good about himself. Until one day, he gets news that his father has just passed, hit by an oil truck. He doesn't know how to take the news. He thinks that one of his friends are kidding. He thinks that his mother is kidding. And then he realizes that he's in denial. One of the first stages of grieving, which is to no one's, a concern, but it is his right to grieve in however way he wants to. It's about 5am and he can't sleep, and a knock is on his door. His room door, not the door to the house, the room door. He gets up, he looks at the door in hesitation, as if he didn't know what he just heard. Again with the knocking. He doesn't understand where it could be coming from, being that it's only him and his mother in the house. Two knocks, heavier than the first. He gets up, opens the door, and no one is there. Now he's hearing a knock downstairs, but it sounds like it's coming from his kitchen. Annoyed, he goes downstairs, checks the kitchen. No one is there. And now he hears the knock at his door. Who could have fucking guessed that? Anyway. It's a woman in a, a extremely lovely black dress. It looks like it's alive. He's never seen anything like it before. It's still fairly early in the morning, so he can't see much, but he can see that dress. And she has an almost sinister smile, and he looks at her and where her eyes should be, and her smile shows all of her serrated teeth. And he wakes up, as if nothing happened. Full memory of what occurred, just doesn't know what to do who does he tell why would he tell somebody it's all a blur to him except he knows every detail of what just happened he gets ready for school goes about his day and he keeps hearing the same voice the same tone talking to him song he doesn't know what it is flustered he goes to the bathroom to you know catch his breath and he looks in the mirror and it's this it's the same woman in the dress but except it's just the dress this time and it looks like it's alive he doesn't know how it's possible how such a thing could exist without someone in the dress but it does seem like A life force is living within the fabric and making it its own being. He tries to touch it ever so closely, being numb to fear as his day-to-day life has been quite dreadful the past few weeks, as you can imagine, and a puff of smoke and four ravens black butterfly appear. The butterfly stays with him, but the ravens fly into the wall, and you would expect them to just collapse, fall down. They went through the wall and began existing outside, as if they didn't just literally pop out of thin air. Confused, and Honestly, left with nothing, he doesn't know what to do. He's genuinely concerned this time, which is surprising for him because he hasn't been feeling a lot of emotion since his father passed. The funeral is in a few days. His mother is telling him to be happy and to remember the good times about his father. Yeah. He's having difficulty doing that, when his father has just passed away so suddenly. The day of the funeral comes, and he looks like his father wanted him to. A young man, a nice, well-carried man that his father and his mother raised him to be. When he opens the door to leave, a woman is in front of him with a black dress. As he opens the door, she greets him in a very upbeat mood, telling him that it's a very special day and he should be happy that somebody is dead. He's honestly insulted. He grabs the woman and he yells at her, What are you talking about? And she reassures him and says, I didn't mean anything by it. I'm just saying it's a very special day today. The two exchange a little bit more, she introduces herself. He said that he's seen her before, and he doesn't know why she's messing with him, and if there is a sick joke that one of his friends are pulling on him, it needs to stop. And she said that she's never met anybody even close to him before, except for his father. And this is when his interest peaks. He asks her, how does he know of his father? And she tells him she knew him or she met him when he passed. And he's boggled and asks, what do you mean? And she goes into depth about how she is stuck between the realm of the living and the realm of the dead. And she can speak to both sides of the fence. She met his father 12 minutes after his passing, and she guided him on to his next destination. When he asked, where was that, she laughed and said, you know, I can't tell you that. After they exchange a little bit more, he wonders what she's doing here now, because if there was supposed to be a point to all of this, if he was supposed to learn something, if his father got what he needed, what he deserved to go, to move on from this world as he sheds his skin and becomes pure spirit energy, then it doesn't make any sense for her to be here now. And she laughs and says that she's here for him. Scared, he backs away from the woman and says, you're here to kill me. And she laughs very loudly and obnoxiously says, yeah, I'm here to kill you in a very jovial way. This woman isn't making it clear what she wants from him. He's going to be late to his funeral of his father, and she said she wants to come. When they walk down the stairs of his house, butterflies, black butterflies, come off of her dress. He's... um, is amazed the word to use? He's concerned more than everything, but this woman has caught his attention can't help but entertain what she's telling him. The two go to the funeral. It's empty. There's no one there yet. It's just the viewing. It's him, his mother, and her side of the family. He puts his hand on his father's chest one last time and starts to cry. Saying how he didn't live to see his son become a fully developed man and get married and have children and do everything that he said he was going to do. They didn't have enough conversations. The black dressed lady, jovial as ever, comes and gives him a big hug and tells him that today is very special. And he shouts, stop saying that. And everyone is looking at him, wondering who he's talking to. He tells the woman, no one can see you. And she says, of course not. It's just you. An hour passes and everybody is attending the funeral now. The sermon was beautiful, the final wishes. Everything was excellent in a very black way all the way up until they carried his father out into the hearse his mother was crying profusely he didn't know how to calm her down he didn't know how to console her the right way all of this is happening in a a field across from the church that they're attending to. The lady in the black dress is spinning and seems like she's having the time of her life. Screaming, shouting, all with very jovial energy. And the boy doesn't know what is happening. His attraction for her is beginning to build there's something about how she handles death that is interest that is piquing his interest and he doesn't know how to control it he goes home eats takes a shower and reads in his book preparing for his class the next day when he goes to the bathroom the lady in the black dress is there except there's no dress it's just a black shadow around her and her look is different it's more aggressive her energy is sinister and she turns into pure black energy and enters the boy's body and the conversation they have him that her main purpose is to make him feel alive and she thinks the way he has to feel alive is if people in his life die and she rids the benefits of course she didn't say this part he doesn't understand why it's him She explains to him that he's only ever felt truly alive after his father's death is when he actually felt real emotions. And then he points out to her that he felt totally empty when his father first passed. And she said, I didn't completely visit you until those feelings of emptiness were Almost gone. She says the fun of not feeling something and the beginning of truly feeling something is what she desires. So she picked the perfect time to talk to him. He asks if the spirit that was in front of his door the first time was her. And she says yes. And he wants to know why. She begins to become frustrated and lets him know that she's already explained what she's doing here. And with this new aggressive energy, she rips a piece of him away, a piece he held dearly to himself. He doesn't know what is gone, but he knows that something isn't there anymore. It felt like he was cut, but no pain, no blood no bone cracking, no flesh being torn he just felt the thud of something being gone away from his being and he's in his bathroom with the smoke that was once in him the energy going right out the window slipping through the walls entering a different realm This is leaving him with a lot of questions. He doesn't know what to think anymore. Is she right? And as the days pass, he's noticing that she's not coming anymore. It's driving him crazy. It's like that piece of energy that she shared with him in that conversation that they had was fueling him somehow. It was giving him something that he didn't have in a long time. It was giving him a purpose, something he can live for, death. He needed to kill someone. Someone needed to die around him. He knew and he finally put the pieces together that she was using him as a conduit to murder people so he can feel alive. And so she can rid the benefits as well. It was some sort of sick, symbiotic relationship between these two, and they both loved it. Especially her. The truth is, (laughs) this woman's a demon, left behind from his father's ill will towards the world. Cheated on his mother, was a very terrible liar and covered up the death of his very first sibling. She wasn't here for him. She was here because there was so much untapped energy in her and his father's soul that it attached to something that he genuinely cared for and it happened to just be his son. He's planning his next kill because she won't come back unless he feels that pain again. He doesn't know who he should try. One of his friends, no, that's too obvious. There should be an alibi behind me killing someone. One of my professors that got me to where I am today. No, that's too easy. My mother, that's too soon. know who he is supposed to kill so what he does is leave it he leaves it up to a lottery he writes down a bunch of names and he picks one one of the names that he grabs is the name of his older sister who didn't attend her father's funeral She's all the way across the country, and he doesn't know how to reach her. She disconnected from the family years ago, unspoken reasons. So he gives her a call, he lets her know that he's struggling with the death of his father and him and his mother would love it if she had visited, and she is a very honest woman, and tells him that she wants no nothing at all to do with the man that he is calling father, and his spineless mother, and hangs up the phone. This is when the boy realizes that this story, or what he's supposed to be learning, is thicker than what it actually is. (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait to fight her.